This is Alec. And this is Jack. Welcome to another episode of Smith and Scholar. Smith and Scholar is a multimedia project dedicated to promoting and encouraging young men to pursue and live the good life. Well, here we are again. Back again. Yeah, fancy seeing you here. I would say, I would. I think it's just we're s- s- seeing you here. <laughs> you know, fancy is kind of like special, you know. I guess it is special every time I get to hang out with a friend, though. Yeah, so. that's right. That's really what we're doing here is just <laughs> hanging out, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a little more than that, but you know. But it's a, it's not purely business. There There's element of fun yes. and leisure to this. And definitely, that's why, definitely. That's why it's important, so. Yes. Yeah, so last time we talked about being a good son, and today we are talking about... Being a good brother. Which is similar because it is about family relationship and, well, relationships in general. Like we said, we'll be talking about that. We started kind of broad with community, then being a good son, now being a good brother. So, yeah, and I think it's a really important uh, topic because... A lot of us have siblings, or at least, you know, people that we might consider Mm -hmm. siblings. So, um, understanding how that relationship works, how that dynamic works, it's, I guess, not as ubiquitous as being a son, because everybody comes from somebody. Right. Um, But being a brother, um, being a sibling is is an important relationship. So, we want to talk a little bit about that, and especially how it pertains to the good life, as we always do. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's only really natural that we discuss it, you know, what, what it means. And so we're, we're going to do what we typically do, discuss what it means when we talk about being a good brother, why it's important and how it connects to pursuing the good life. And, you know, similarly to being a good son, um, the work of being a good brother is integral to properly ordering our lives and our relationships. And, Furthermore, and more, you know, more pertinent to what we're doing here is being a good son, or excuse me, a good brother can help us grow in virtue. Um, and so, you know, I think you can look at, you know, a couple of the cardinal virtues and, and some other things to see where this is definitely, definitely true. So, for instance, charity, you know, ultimately you come into the world or you you're be- come in before your siblings and you quickly develop a relationship with them and it might start off something more akin to storge and then develop from there. And you, you know, probably, you know, move to agape at some point um, just because of how close you get to your siblings. And I, I think this is pretty natural. Um, you know, obviously every family is different. Dynamics are different, whether you actually get along with your siblings, you know, that's one thing or another, but for the most part, you know, I think, most family relationships, charity is central to the relationship between siblings. Yeah, I think sometimes it starts out, like you said, in Storge, because people are like, you know, why do I have to treat my brother nicely? Right. Because he's your brother. <laughs> uh-huh. So it, it's very much the Storge, that kind of um, commitment or, or um, relationship of love, uh, because you have to. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, as you, um, I guess, carry out the act, even though you're forced to do so, you do realize eventually that no, this is something that I want to do, and then you freely and willingly yeah, choose it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a, a great summation. And then we, I think we can see justice as well, and this is the same thing. And what you know, in the relationship, I mean, it's different, but it's the same kind of idea as it is as it pertains to being a good son as well. You know, recognizing that. Excuse me. 
your siblings are people in a close relationship with you, part of your family, and they are owed certain things because of that relationship and acting to make that, you know, to, to fulfill that debt or that obligation to, you know, to, to ensure that what is owed to them is, is given to them. And again, that being a simple, our basic, simple understanding of justice. So you see that. Um, and then, you know, I think temperance plays a role in this. You know, oftentimes we have different feelings and emotions toward, towards our siblings at different times. I can, you know, having a younger brother, I can recall many a time when I've been mad at him. Yeah, um, just think of temper tantrum. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so we have to constantly be moderating um, a bunch of different emotions and feelings that we have towards our siblings in order for the for that relationship to be good. And then finally, you know, prudence is always, you know, as we say, pr- prudence, or as Peeper says, and we've adopted, prudence is the mother of all virtues. And any decision involving our siblings and their well-beings requires that we exercise prudence in evaluating and making those decisions. Yeah, so I think, you know, as we always start with the virtues, um, it's really important to get those. And it's not an exhaustive list, but I'm sure you can think of a lot more uh, virtues that might come to mind when you're thinking of my brother or my sibling's relationship and myself. But that's because it is such an important relationship that it has the ability to foster the growth of virtue, mm-hmm. similar to, uh, to sonship, as we talked about last time and, and have mentioned uh, now. And it's, like I said, sonship is a little more ubiquitous because everybody has parents. And again, whether or not they know them uh, is a different story, but you come from somebody. Um, similarly, if you have siblings, biological siblings, you come from the same parents. And so there's an immediate connection. Uh, again, I would think justly there is a connection because you come from the same parents. You both owe respect to your parents, and by respecting your parents, you ought to respect one another. Um, and then, aside from just the you know philosophical maybe uh, viewpoint, it's also as as you mentioned, Jack, it's an emotional journey mm-hmm. uh, because you're growing up together. You know who your siblings are. Um, you know once you hit the age of age of reason. And you understand what they like, what they don't like on the shallow level. And then you realize kind of their hopes, dreams, aspirations as you grow up. And you're a part of that story. You're not just an, uh, a passive uh, uh, standby person. A um, bystander? Bystander. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right word. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and then uh, because of that, because you're so intimately aware of what's going on in their lives, you're often going to be one of their best friends or maybe their first best friend, and then hopefully maintaining that relationship throughout throughout their lives. And it's not just a unique one person as best friend, because if you have eight siblings, then they can all be your best friends. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why I guess it's it's really important to look at this and understand the dynamic relationship, the kind of uh, intimate relationship that's developed from birth until death and we're still young in our relationships with our siblings, but um, like I mentioned with parents, they their lives totally encompass your lives, and you only know them for a percentage of your life. Well, with siblings, it's a lot closer to right. that 100% as well, uh-huh. so you really get to know them a lot better. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think, like like uh, sonship, I think being a sibling is, you know, like we said, a unique relationship, and I think there's a lot of great examples out there, you know, in media or in other sources. Um, I think one that just, you know, comes to mind as I was thinking about examples that we could bring up, um, you know, we've used examples from the Bible a lot. And it's, I think because the Bible pretty much, it does a good job of encompassing human reality and human experience. 
and uh, telling those stories. And so, you know, in the Old Testament, you have Jacob and his 12 sons. Um, and th- their relationship is really interesting, right? Um, and then, you know, spoiler alert, like, you know, they do a bad thing to Joseph. They try basically try and get him killed. Um, and that doesn't work. So they, they ship him off with the traitor. And so he's sent to Egypt. And in the end, you know, they, they come to, to Egypt during a famine and, you know, Joseph is in charge of the grain supply for all of Egypt and its people. And, uh, you know, the, the siblings and, you know, they have to go back to Jacob with food so that they can feed their, their large family. And uh, Joseph realizes who they are and they don't. And, you know, there's this whole story of redemption and, but they really know, like, I think if you read the story, you, they really know about um, each other and their feelings and their hopes and their dreams. And particularly uh, the lessons they learn from, you know, lying and trying to get rid of Joseph and then the youngest son, Benjamin, and how they, like, they really have a love and care and protection for him. So I think that's a really cool, you know, it's, it's like a lot of stories in the Bible, it starts off bad, but then there's a redemptive element to it. And I think that's a really cool story. Um, so that's one example I had in mind. So if you, you know, you want an example to go check out, that's, a, I think, a cool example to check out. Uh, just uh, maybe pull your mic up a little bit. Oh, is it too far yeah. away? Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. The, hopefully, hopefully it's better now. I talk yeah. pretty loud, though. Speak. So speak into the microphone sorry um so <laughs> when you mentioned jacob and his 12 sons uh my first thought was the other um uh, brother in the story jacob's brother oh which is not an example yeah, no not at all a brother uh, I'll, I'll briefly explain it but it's the worst trade deal in history <laughs> jacob yeah, actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> jacob and esau now uh, well esau is the older brother Uh, of Jacob. And so Esau is going to receive the inheritance, the family inheritance. And I guess in this particular instance, it's money and it's God's promise. So Jacob is cooking soup and Esau is very hungry and asks Jacob for soup, his brother, mind you. And Jacob says, how can I, you know, how can I use this to my advantage? Okay, Esau, I'll give you soup if you give me your inheritance, <laughs> and that's not a very charitable way <laughs> no, <laughs> to treat your brother. So I guess uh, Jacob's sons learned something from him. <laughs> I, I guess they did. Anyways, uh, I just thought that was a, okay, it's not the best example, but you know, at least. What not to do. <laughs> what not to do. Don't, don't sell out your brother <laughs> for a bowl of soup. <laughs> so contrasting that, you know, what can we do to be a good brother? <laughs> Yeah, so I think you know, a good way to look at this is generally and then specifically because there are certain different dynamics that you might have as a sibling, and we'll get into those in a minute. But I think starting off generally, um, I think, like we said earlier, though it's the highest degree of charity, all of us who are brothers should work towards acting in agape towards our brothers and sisters. Um, and I, I think, again, like I said, I think this is natural for the most part because of, you know, everything we've talked about as far as the closeness of siblings and that sort of thing. Like you, I think at some point in your life, you realize that you would actually die for your sibling, which I, you know, physically speaking, that's like the, the exempt example, you know, or the, the most explicit example of agape. And so I think that is, you know, something we should all be thinking about when we're talking about being good brother generally and then as well you know there's this you know the old question age-old question are you your brother or sister's keeper and you know i think the obvious answer you're going to hear from alec and i is yes Yes. and 
we best capture this calling when we act in sacrifice towards our siblings. I mean, this is true of any relationship you have with anyone. And again, when we were talking about charity a couple episodes ago, you know, that's sacrificial love, agape, is the ideal. And, you know, even besides that, you know, siblinghood, being a sibling is an amazing opportunity to practice, experience, and habituate charity, particularly agape. I don't think they're, you know, like we say, there are, you know, there's opportunities every day. I think if you're a sibling, you, you're, you're very lucky because you have multitudes of opportunities every day, particularly when you're younger, uh, maybe a little bit different when you're an adult sibling, but still you have a lot of opportunities, uh, to habituate charity and the other virtues. And so I think that just lays it out generally why, how this relates to living the, pursuing the good life, um, in in a general fashion, but we do have, you know, some specifics we can talk about as well. Yeah. And as far as specifics go, it, um, again, generally pursue the good life love. Now, when it goes into specifics, we're kind of thinking about the kind of relationship you have with your siblings. And that's, Again, whether you're older, younger, um, brother versus sister, and those relationships are going to change a little bit. So, uh, Jack, I'll let you talk about being an older brother since you're the oldest. And uh, I am an older brother, but I'm not the oldest. So, uh, since you own the birthright. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, So, I mean, when you're the older brother, and so... To preface, my experience of being an older brother is I have one younger brother. He's my only sibling, and I don't have so I don't have any sisters. Um, And so this is kind of how it feels to be an older brother in in my mind. Um, In a way, if you people would let me use this allegory, you're kind of like the guide, right? You know, you're you're the Virgil to. you know, your younger uh, siblings, Dante. And that's not because you say, welcome to hell. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> it's because you're their guide, right? You're guiding them through their youth, which, you know, as when you're like an older sibling, he's a few years, you know, older. Well, I'm three years older than my brother. We had a lot of the same experiences, but I was three years older, so I experienced them first. And, you know, if you had questions or whatever, I was like there, or just from my example, you know, he sees it, people remember things and siblings are very good at remembering things you do. And so, uh, typically the bad things you do too. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think the good things too as well. But yes, typically the bad things. Um, you know, for example, you know your parents' expectations for how they want you um, to, you know, do certain things, pursue certain goals, etc. You've heard their advice, and so now you can help your younger siblings navigate through that. And as well, you might have certain life experiences. Like I said, you have certain life experiences before they do. So everything from you know, you know, we have, you know, youth, but like when you get to be a little older, like, you know, I'm three years older than my brother. So I started college first. I'm getting my first job before him. Um, you know, other things, milestones, it will depend. But a lot of times when you're the older sibling, you know, that happens first. You end up buying your first house before everyone, you know, all your other siblings, you get married first, you have your first kids. And those are all things that you can help a younger sibling through when they have questions like, Hey, and I mean, these are things they ask their parents too, but again, because of that unique relationship between siblings, oftentimes I think these things may come up and do come up. And so it's good to be ready to answer those questions. And I think being an older brother, and this is super practical, right? Like, you know, as an older brother, you should be willing to guide your siblings. And I think in, you ha- there is a, that is an important role as an older sibling. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to add a few different things here. So like Jack mentioned, oftentimes you are the first to go through all experiences. However, that's not always the case. 
um, and what it requires when you're not the first to get married or get a job or buy a house. Uh, it might feel a little different or weird mm-hmm. because what my younger sibling who's you know always following after me is, right. is doing this before me. I think it requires a lot of humility mm-hmm. to be able to accept that. And it's not necessarily that this younger sibling is better than you or smarter or more financially um, savvy. It's just, you know, different life circumstances and, and what you choose or don't choose. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I definitely think that's a major aspect in, in being an older sibling, older, older brother, because my younger brother is going to have a job before I have a job. And technically graduate school is a job, but uh, I, I think you get what I mean, right? right. Like he's, he's going to a salaried position uh-huh. and, and whatnot. So I'm okay with that. I'm not, uh, not angry or yeah, or upset I mean, or. <laughs> I mean, if anything, you're probably very happy for. Him, yeah, right? I'm, I was really proud to hear because I, I was asking him every day during his job search process. Mm-hmm. Well, not every day, like once a week, and be uh-huh. like, "Hey, how's it going? How's it going?" Uh, I'd remember all his leads and see, you know, how did that go? Did you get the interview? Stuff like that. So it, when when he texted me or called me, I can't remember now. Uh, just like a smile lit up across my face because I was like, that's my little brother. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, my brother's been like similar things, like getting, looking for jobs and yeah, you you just feel pride, right? Like you're very happy. So I think that, and it, you're right, I think it takes a, a good dose of humility to realize, like so, like you said, like sometimes, you know, you your expectation is that those things are supposed to happen to you first, right? But oftentimes they don't. And so when they don't, you know, having the the wherewithal to be humble about it and to realize it's not like a competition, it's just life. And, you know, the good things come for those who work hard and wait and that sort of thing. So, you know, I think I think those are good things to keep in perspective. Yeah, so now that we've talked a little bit about the older brother's experience of the younger brother, let's talk about some of the ways that a younger brother can live out the relationship well. So I think uh, kind of piggybacking off what we just talked about, this humility and pride, I think it, it stands to say that you should be humble in your relationship mm-hmm. with your uh, older siblings and and um, recognize that they're older and usually wiser than you, especially, you know, in your younger years. But, you know, as you grow up, it also requires that humility to be able to recognize your place uh, with them and even give them guidance or something. But uh, I guess let's just step back and say you can learn a lot from your siblings. And so it takes that humility to be able to say, Okay, I can learn from you. I can see what you do, and thanks for telling me all these things that'll help me in my growth because I know you care about what I'm doing and what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And then the other side of humility is when they do great accomplishments or or something amazing, then it's being humble and humble in your own sense and being proud of the family and for them uh, when they attain you know greatness uh-huh. or, or something like that. So I think that's. And again, a lot of what you mentioned, Jack, can be the same for younger siblings because yeah, you can absolutely. always help guide your older siblings. Mm-hmm. You can be an example for them. Uh, it's just, again, typically if you're older, you have that precedence of years and, and whatnot to, to help in that experience. So uh, anything else to add for younger brothers? I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm i an older brother, <laughs> so I don't have any of that experience, but... I. 
I mean, something we can get into more towards the end is like talking again, going kind of back to the generality mm-hmm. and tying it more to virtue. But and so I'll leave it there because um, it apply. I think it applies just universally to brotherhood, not necessarily younger, older, that sort of thing. But what maybe we can talk about, and I know you don't have any sisters, and I don't have any sisters, so we're it's not speculation. It's from <laughs> you know talking to other people and that sort of thing. But you know, I think the key difference between um, you know being a brother to brothers versus being a brother to sisters is I think you're more likely to be protective of your sisters. And I, you know, I think that's personally a good thing. Um, you know, I think men generally should be protective of the women in their life, um, particularly their mother and their sisters. I think the, um, you know, people think that might be an old, you know, an old school dynamic. That's, you know, whatever, like they have, might have a problem with it. I, I don't, I think it's, you know, men that that's like, if we're going to talk about justice and like things that people owe to each other, I think men owe, to, owe a great deal of respect to women and a great deal of willingness to protect them and stuff. And so, you know, that's just my thought. And I think that's great because, you know, um, let, let's, let, I mean, let's be real, like just, you know, women are different, you know, in all sorts of different ways from men, emotionally, biologically, all that. And so their experiences growing up. So like we're talking about, you know, growing up with your siblings and stuff are going to be, if you're a male are going to be vastly different than yours and what that requires. So maybe this is some things we can talk about that come to mind. I think being, you can learn a great deal about being empathetic. You can learn a great deal about being a great deal about charity, um, being, um, you know, you know, willing to sacrifice a lot sometimes because you, you know, you don't understand what's going on because you, you're just not, you're not a, a female. So, you know, the way that things happen in life, it's just different. And then, you know, you also, I think develop, um, you know, a healthy, a healthy dose of like, um, you know, I, I guess just like being, being willing to be a protector. Cause like when you don't understand what's going on or like going through their mind, other, you can ask questions and stuff, but you still don't have that experience again. Cause you're not a female. All you can do is be a protector. You know, like, you know, be there for them, be someone they can lean on, love them. And I think that, you know, that that, that would fulfill your calling pretty well as far as being a good brother. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I guess I do have a sister's-in-law, so... Okay, it, so a it, little different. And I've known them for quite a while now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, in a sense, I do have sisters. sisters. Um, it, it's definitely a different relationship with uh, brothers. It, you know, there's definitely a thing about brotherly love mm-hmm. where it's more rough and tough. And then with sisters, you're not going to, you know, jostle with them physically or <laughs> mentally or emotionally. So uh, that's that's definitely one thing to be said. Um, but yeah, it's it's also just recognizing the difference between what a brother is and what a sister mm-hmm. is. and. One thing that came to mind is uh, patience and dealing with that because uh, I'm that's thinking, what I was looking for. I yeah, yeah. So, patience, so yeah. And, and that's exactly why it came to mind for me because I was like, I'm pretty sure he means patience. Uh-huh. But I wanted you to continue your thoughts. So, uh, especially when you're younger, if you have uh, brothers and you want to play with them, you know they're going to be interested in the same games as you, most likely. Mm-hmm. If your sister and her friends, you know, are playing, you might not want to join in their games, or they might not want to join in yours. And that's a very you know shallow early. Uh, early stages but then as you grow up your differences are most likely going to be a little bit different and then dealing with your sister i mean across siblings of course is going to be different but uh dealing with their likes and dislikes are going to be a lot different from how you deal with your brother's dislikes and likes because again Mm -hmm. the way of of uh like you know messing around with people is going to be different with your brothers than with your sisters right yeah no i think that's 
that's hits it spot on. <laughs> that's exactly what I was trying to think of. I just couldn't find the words to say it. So I'm yeah. glad you, you thought about that. But again, take it with a grain of salt since we don't have any biological sisters. Yeah. So we don't know the real uh, deal. Yeah. So if you have questions <laughs> com- or not questions, but if you have comments or um, insight, please, you know, reach out to us. We'd yeah, love to hear it. Yeah. And if you happen to have eight sisters, then maybe we'll get you on the show and uh, <laughs> talk, talk about, about what that means. What that means. <laughs> have yeah. a special edition, Definitely. a special follow up. So the next thing, since we've talked about uh, brotherhood in relationship to other brothers and um, sisters, uh, one thing that we wanted to touch upon was also that brotherhood that happens outside the family, because we have been pretty explicit about uh, biological brotherhood. And again, it is very unique and special because we do grow up with the people. And so, and again, they're your flesh and blood. You come from the same parents. So there's a lot more uh, connection there that is just from the offset. It's there. And, you know, like it or like it or leave it, I guess. Well, hopefully you like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there's also this brotherhood that can occur outside of the family. And so it's not always related to the biology. It can occur over time as you get to know somebody really well, uh, especially as bonds develop. And when I was talking about the brotherly love, I think those with good male friends will recognize that brotherly love doesn't have to necessarily um, be in place during all moments of, uh, or only within biological relationships. It can, uh, it can occur <laughs> uh, in, in outside of, of biology. So a lot of what we mentioned with relationship to biology and biological brothers can occur outside of the biological relationships. Yeah, definitely. I think, I, I think both you and I have been in that position. Like We have relationships like that for sure. And so that, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, going back to, like I said, we we're going to talk about some things more generally again. I think regardless of how you break it down, whether it's, you know, you being the older brother, younger brother, having brothers, having sisters, or having these, you know, brotherly bonds with people that are not flesh and blood, the most crucial aspect of being a good brother is to be an example of living the good life. And I think that's kind of what we've been driving at the whole time. You know, the guiding aspect, um, you know, the pay, being patient, charity, justice, all that stuff. Siblings look to each other, for example. I mean, I, I you know, I, I know this for a fact because I know both me and my brother are always looking to each other as examples for how to do things, um, implicitly and explicitly. And so by actively pursuing the good life, your siblings will recognize this and in doing so they will realize and decide they'll realize the good in this and they will decide themselves to pursue and live the good life. And, you know, I think this happens because like we said, you know, the whole point of living the good life is to be happy. And when you live the good life and pursue it and you live the good life well, you are a happier person and happiness is contagious and people want to be people are always like how are you so happy why are you so happy how do you what's your secret you know that sort of thing and i think you know siblings like they recognize like the things you do like they cuz because they're more they're more intimate relationship you know they're a more intimate relationship in your life they see these things and so they they recognize this and you know hopefully what that does is it brings them in to wanting to do the same thing yeah um, I, I definitely agree with all that, especially with regards to, um, the visible aspect of, of seeing that happiness and that virtue. So definitely 
examples can be seen from younger siblings to older siblings mm-hmm. and vice versa. And it's just important to, while you're living the good life, um, making sure you can let other people know about it and uh, either implicitly or explicitly. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smith and Scholar. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on all the major platforms, including YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with everything we are doing and thinking. Finally, feel free to give us feedback and ask questions across the different platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Smith and Scholar.